Good morning. It is the last day of 2017. Is anybody excited about that? Um, you're either excited because a new year is starting or because a new a year is ending. Uh, in both, that could be good or bad. Uh, we're, I'm excited for today that we're going to talk about that. But before I do, I just want to say welcome all those uh, tuning in online, watching or, or listening in. Thanks for tuning in and, help, and listening to us today. I think it's going to be a great message for you guys as we start 2018. Um, really, today, the question I want to ask is this. What's the difference? In your life, what is the difference? All right, so you look back. We're going to be looking back uh, through 2017 a little bit today, and so that way we can look forward into 2018. But the question really is, 2017, we're about to wrap it up and close it up and, and finish it off. Um, what's the difference between 2017 and 2016? Uh, if you look back, what was the difference? What, what, what changes did you make this last year that, that are better than 2016, or in some cases worse? Uh, where are you in comparison this year to last year, and maybe the previous year? Um, where, where, where are you at? Uh, how did 2017 go for you? As you look back over the year, what did you learn? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about others, maybe in your family? What did you learn about God? Uh, what, was, what was different? Was 2017 better than 16? In how? In what ways? Uh, why or why not? Relationally, was it better? Uh, spiritually, uh, vocationally, emotionally, financially, and physically? Um, if not better, why? Uh, why was it not better? Because here's, here's the thing that I really want to emphasize today is this, is if, if you don't measure it, you can't improve it. If you're not measuring something in life, you'll never know how to improve it. Because if you're not measuring it, you, unless we measure something, we won't know if, if it's getting better or worse. If there's no way to track it, you can't tell. Uh, we just watched a, a couple of races in, in the, uh, to start to move the, the service off. We'll talk about that in a little while later in the service. But the only re- way we know that people broke records is because somebody is measuring it. And they're able to train and, and, and compare themselves to what's happened in the past or what's, what's, uh, what's, what happened in the previous race. Because they're, they're measuring it and they're tracking it. In your life, if you're not measuring things, you'll never be able to improve them. So when I ask 2017, uh, you'd only be able to know that answer is if you can compare it to something else like 2016. So where were you in comparison to 2016 this last year in all those different areas of your life? Is it better or is it worse? Because here's the truth, that, that if you don't learn from the past, you are doomed to repeat it, like George Santanaya said. If you don't learn from the past, you are doomed, we are doomed to repeat it. The point is we have to learn, we have to build upon, we have to change so we can become better. Um, and that's really the, what I want to talk about today is, is if, if you... If you find yourself 2017 was no different than 2016 and 2015, 2014, well, there's, there's a problem there. It should be different. It should be moving forward. It should be improving because life is not static. It doesn't stand still. Relationships don't stand still. If you're facing the same struggles, the same frustrations, uh, the same things over and over, um, they need, there, there needs to be a change. If you keep building on the same old ideas that you've always built on and you keep getting the same results, at some point you have to say, why do I keep building on the same foundation if it doesn't work for me, if it hasn't worked? If there's something that's not working in your life, why do you keep doing what you're doing to get those results? Why not change? We say this in our church a lot. We say healthy people do healthy things. As we move on into 2018, I would challenge you, become a healthy person. But there's action that, that is, always has to be done. And here's one of the actions that healthy people do. They learn from the past. They figure out what they're doing right so they can keep doing it. And they figure out what they've been doing wrong so they can improve it and change it, uh, change it to, to make it better. Because uh, here's, here's what happens. When we look back, if, you know, maybe you might have heard this a lot. Um, is experience is the best teacher? Anybody heard that? Uh, that's actually not correct. Uh, you can have the same experience 100 times and never learn from it. Um, evaluated experience is the best teacher. When you have an experience and you evaluate and say, okay, why did that hurt so much to smash my hand with, hand with, thumb with the hammer? I need to evaluate that. There, there's a problem here, right? When you keep going back to the same experience, you don't evaluate, you don't figure out what's going on, you'll never be able to, prove, to improve. 
And so today I really want to say, what's the difference in your life? As you look back to 2017, what was different from the year before the previous years? Anything changed? Did you get better? If not, why not make 2018 the year where we begin to say, I want to be healthy in all these different areas? Um, honestly, for me, if I look back, there's areas that I improved in, some goals I set and I've accomplished and I've reached them. There's other areas I just felt like I stayed still, which really you don't stay still. You only go backwards. There's some areas I felt like I went backwards. And so 2018, I'm saying I need to make sure I focus on those important things that, that are so easy to miss and forget. You know, I tell this story every year a couple times, one of my favorite stories to tell, about a rabbi who's walking home one night after, um, after he does his teachings and, and, and a long day of teaching and, and sharing. And as he's walking home, uh, it, it's starting to get uh, dusk, so it's starting to get ready. The evening's starting to set in, and the night's about to come. And as he's walking home, he's, he's, really, he's talking to God, he's praying, he's engaged. And as he's talking on, the, on this road he's walking, he comes to a fork in the road, and because he's distracted with his prayers, he takes the wrong fork. He goes right. And so after a while, he's walking, walking, and he starts noticing, like, nothing is familiar. Like, he's not going to the, his house. It's somewhere different. But before he knows it, he's at this wooden, big, wooden, large gate fence, uh, big gate. And uh, he, he, as he gets there and looks at this wooden gate, he starts thinking, I must have taken a wrong turn somewhere. And as he's thinking about where he might have taken the wrong turn, he hears a voice from above that says, who are you and what are you doing here? And the rabbi, he thinks, that's a great question. So he starts thinking, how can I respond to this question that was just asked of me? Who am I? What am I doing here? Before he has a response, the voice comes a little more authoritative, says, who are you and what are you doing here? He realizes, oh, it's, it's a Roman centurion. And so he says, well, I have a question for you, sir. He says, how much do they pay you to ask that question? At this point, the Roman centurion's a little, um, little bugged. He says, two denarii a week, Jew, why? He says, well, I'll pay you double if you'll come to my house every morning and ask me those two questions. Who are you? And what are you doing here? The reason it's one of my favorite stories is because the rabbi understood and realized that if we're going to be successful in life, we have to be able to answer those two key questions. Who are you and what are you doing here? This week as I was reflecting on that story, I kept thinking that there's other parts of the story that I've missed. Like one is, okay, that's great for the rabbi because he knows who he is and what he's doing here. But what about those who don't know who they are and don't know what they're doing here? Well, good news. Three weeks, we're going to talk about that subject. We're going to go in, in depth into it, figure out purpose and identity and all that. That's important to know because if you don't know who you are, you'll never really be able to figure out why you're on this, this planet. And, and God has created you for a specific reason. I pray that 2018 would be the year that if you don't know, that you would discover who you are. Because what you think about yourself, what you think about God, are two of the most important thoughts you'll ever have. How you view God, how you view yourself. Because if you, can't, if you have a negative view of God, even a negative view of yourself, you'll, that'll impact everything you do in life. But when you have a, a clear and a, a correct perspective about God and yourself, you'll be able to walk in, in everything that God has for you. So who are you? What are you doing here? But the third question I think we can add to this here is this. Where are you? See, in this story, the rabbi knew the questions. He had the wisdom and the knowledge. But even knowing stuff doesn't mean that it will free you from getting off course and getting distracted and getting lost. The rabbi who knew all this stuff, he still got lost. He, was, he took a wrong turn, and he ended up somewhere. It was a great lesson. But at some point, the rabbi has to say, okay, now I'm at this wrong village or wrong place. How do I get back home? And if he's, if he's not honest about where he's at, he'll never be able to backtrack and get back to where he's supposed to be. And that's really the question for today is, where are you when it comes to your, to your relationships, when it comes to, to the work, to your, to your schooling, uh, to your finances? Where do you sit? What's, where, where are you at? Because if you're not honest about it, you, you'll never be able to get there. You can only reach your destination if you're honest about where you are. If you went onto the computer and went to Google Maps and you said, I want to go to a sunny beach in California, pick a beach, Laguna Beach. I want to go to Laguna Beach. How do I get there? You type in the address, Laguna Beach. 
Well, there's another box, right? The next box would be where you currently are. So from where? How to get to there from where you are. Well, if you went in and you said, I am in Spain, because really important people are in Spain right now. Well, you wouldn't be able to get to California from Santa Fe from Spain, right? You, you'd be lost. You, you, they would, it would not be helpful to you. And this is what happens, I think, in life, is because we're not honest where we're at in life when it comes to these different areas. We'll never be able to get to where we really want to be because we're, we're hoping or we're trying to pretend that we're really somewhere else. Like, oh, everything's okay. Every people ask you, how you doing? I'm great. Where you know there's a part of you that's not okay and you're way far from where you need to be. But if you're not honest about that, you'll never be able to get the, the, the course to get to where you really want to be. So how are you doing in life? What, what, what's the difference? Where exactly are you? And in the story, I think the question would be is, where are you? You know, it's great to know who you are and what you're doing here, but where are you currently? Are you accomplishing those things that you're supposed to set out to accomplish? Um, I, I, I read a, a, a study that a company, Trek Ace did, a company that makes GPSs. Um, they did this study. of uh, They wanted to survey men and figure out habits of, of finding directions and stuff. And so uh, they asked a thousand men some some questions on the survey and, and walked them through. And this is what they this is what they found. They they found that men will clock up to next an up to an extra 900 miles in their life by not knowing where they're going. All right. So when a man gets lost in his lifespan, that's going to add up to 900 miles in a lifespan that you get lost. That's like it's like driving from here to California, right? That's that's a lot of lost time, a lot of lost space. Um, in fact, there's. It was like 14% of men would not ask for directions no matter what. Like there's this percentage of men, they're like, I'm lost, but who cares? In fact, they said like this. Um, they, they said all roads eventually lead to the same place, right? Like it doesn't matter where I'm at. Eventually this road's going to get me where I need to go. And so there's a percentage of men who are not going to ask no matter what. Like they're just not going to ask. And then there's a small percentage of men, 6%, who, will, who are willing to ask when they realize they're lost. They'll, they'll ask a, a, a phone or a computer or somebody how to get on track. Six percent. Well, they realize like I'm lost. I need help, and they ask. Fourteen percent. You can't. You're not be able to help them no matter what. They'll just eventually have to find it on their own. The other eighty percent, they're, they're the ones that eventually will give in, right? When the pain is enough, they'll say, "Okay, finally, I have to ask somebody." It's more painful uh, to, to waste this time. And they ask the man, "How much time do you think you add when you when you're lost?" And they said, "Probably an extra twenty minutes every every time." Um, which I would say, when 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 in life when we're lost. And when we waste time, that's, that's time we'll never get back if you're not measuring it. Um, but, but not to just pick on the men, there's also challenges women have, right? Um, I was, in, I was in, um, in Florida this last year. Never been to Florida. First time in my life. On a, I was going on a trip to Haiti to go see the Feed One initiative. And we went to Miami a day before because um, to, we had to leave early the next day to get a, uh, a hotel and stuff. And so some of the pastors I was with, we went down to South Beach to go eat at some restaurants that night. Never been there. And so we pulled up. They said, Eric, find a restaurant. You pick the restaurant, we'll go eat. And I'm like, well, I know it's here. So I look at the reviews and I find this one local place that locals love. So I'm like, if locals love it, we'll go there. We, we, we parked the car and we walked for a while and we get to this restaurant and it's closed. Uh, they have early hours and we didn't know that. And so uh, they said, well, it's closed. What's next? So I went to the next best restaurant and said, it's that way and that way. And the map says over here. So we start walking and we're walking through alleys and walking through these places They're like, Eric, where are you taking us? And I'm like, I'm just following the map. Just following the map, guys. Don't worry. We'll get there. It says 10 more minutes of walking. And so we kept walking. Well, on the, on the way, we get to this one place. There's this lady. Um, who's speaking Spanish, she's in the street, she's carrying these bags, and she's saying, does any of you speak Spanish? Any of you speak Spanish? I, I tell her, I speak enough to help. I said, so I, I'd be able to talk to her. Nobody else did. And so I stopped, and I began to talk to her. She said, I'm, I'm lost. I'm not from here. Um, I was just at the store. My family's over there. I don't have my cell phone. I, I need help. Would you help me? And I said, sure. What store are you looking for? 
And so she tells me the store. I pull it up on, on, on my, my phone, the map, and I say, all right, it says the store is two blocks down this way and to the left, and you'll be there. So two blocks and then one block over. And she says, no, that's not right. I'm like, okay. The guy's like, Eric, come on, let's go eat dinner. I'm like, let's just help this lady. She needs help. And so I show her the phone. I'm like, so it says if you walk, right, here's the directions. Walk down two blocks to the left. I'm not making this up, lady. It's, there's the store. And so, no, that's not right. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's the store you want. There's the map. There's the directions. She says, no, no, you, no you're wrong. And I'm like, I'm not wrong. It's the phone. So anyway, she says, oh, wait, wait, that's the wrong store. It's actually this store. And then she figures it out. So ladies, you have issues too. Guys, we have issues. Ladies have issues. We all have issues when it comes to directions. Here's the point of it all, though. If we're not willing to be honest about where we are, we'll never be able, we'll never be able to get to where we really want to be in life. If you're not honest about where you were in 2017 and where you currently are going in 2018, you won't be able to improve. You have to be able to measure. You have to be able to track where you're at so you can do it, um, so you can be able to move into a better season and a better, better year. So today is what I want to do is I'm going to look backwards so that we can go forward. I want to look back to say, what do we learn so that we'd be able to move forward? See, I think a lot of people, a lot of reason people get stuck in life and don't want or can't move forward is because... Really, they're not willing to take the responsibility to say, here's my issues, here's my, here's my current reality, here's where I'm at, here's the things that I struggle with, here's, here's, here's the reality of where I am in all these areas of life. And because they won't take the responsibility, they can't fix it. And, and the reason, I think, is because it's a lot easier um, to escape taking responsibility. It's a lot easier to blame everybody else. It's a lot easier to complain about why everything is wrong in your life. It's easier. It takes less energy. It takes more energy to accept responsibility and begin to say, I need to fix something. And so I think because, because it's, it's less energy, people choose the easier way of saying, I'm just going to blame everybody else and not deal with what I need to deal with. But if you want 2018 to be better, you have to say, all right, I'm going to take responsibility and be honest about where I currently am so that I can move forward. In fact, I, I would say that um, the, the amount and, and, um, and the level of secrets that you have in your life or that your family has had is, it will, will, will dictate the level of your maturity and your health. The more secrets and the more things that you cover and keep hidden will affect how healthy you are as an individual. We have to be willing to, to open up and be, um, um, be willing to move forward and, and acknowledge where, what those are in our lives. Because uh, here's what happens. There's a disconnect where people say, well, I know that's where I am, but I really i am hoping to get there. Um, next week we're going to start a new series, Don't Miss It. We're going to talk about that. There's a disconnect about our hopes and dreams and, and the reality of where we currently are. And we're going to say, what, is that, what would 2018 look like if we changed the way we viewed life? And so next week will be good. Don't miss it. So there's a connection. Everything we do, uh, stop making excuses, move forward. Uh, I think the Bible has a lot to say about when it comes to being stuck in life, when it comes to looking back. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that God has to say to us about why it's important that we make sure that we pay attention, that we're measuring life, that we're measuring specific things in life, and that we don't forget. Um, I'll, let me show you, show you a scripture. In Deuteronomy 5.15, um, this is, a, this is a, a scripture where God gives the Ten Commandments, all right? And this is the fourth commandment that he gives, and there's a part in it that he says to the, to, the Egypt, to the Israelites. He says, remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. So he's saying, remember, you once, remember back there, 2017, 2016, 2015, whatever it was, remember your past when you were stuck? In fact, in this case, he's saying when you were slaves, like you were owned by others, you were dominated, you were ruled by others. We're going to do a series on the Ten Commandments coming up in the next few months. I'm excited for it. Um, and this will be one of, the, one of the weeks we talk about. But essentially what you're saying is, do you remember when you were slaves? Right? What was your value as a slave? It was only what you could produce. 
When you could no longer produce bricks and, 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 and work hard work for your masters, you were no longer valuable. So for seven days a week, you would work, 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 because that was your value of working. Now he's saying you're free people. You're moving into a new season. I want you to take this commandment where you, where you rest. You work six days, you rest one. Remember that. And, and the reason he says I want you to do this is because I, want you to, I don't want you to forget that you were once slaves. And when you were slaves, you thought in a way that, that kept you from living the life that you were created to live, that you were meant to live. The way this would apply to us is God is saying, don't forget where you've come from. Like those struggles that you used to have, that you used to be, don't forget they were there because there was a point where it held you as captive as a slave. Sin does that. Sin creates this, uh, turns us into slaves. We become slaves to sin, our, our desires and, and, and things in our lives that keep us from it. And God is saying, remember, remember where you've come from. Look back. It has a lot about, a lot about uh, reminders. In fact, over and over, the Bible, God keeps giving the people of Israel, um, re- telling them, here's some commandments, commandments I want you to have so you can be rem- remember what I've done for you. He even says some of the commands is, Talk about these things. Tell your kids these stories about what I did for your ancestors. Like, don't forget the stories. Don't forget where you've come from. Essentially saying, look back to see how far you've come in all that God has done. It's important for us, 2017, that we look back to say, how far have we come in these areas? And then we begin to say, God, thank you for helping me come this far. In those areas that you didn't come very far, that's where you'd, I would say this year, say, God, help me to move forward in these areas. Um, over and over in Deuteronomy, he, he tells the people of Israel, don't be afraid of the, of, of the, of the nations you're going to, into. Um, just remember what the Lord did for, your, for, for you guys when it came to, to Egypt. You saw, you saw the great things I did for you. Uh, Deuteronomy 8, 2, 12, 2, it says, remember how the Lord your God led you through all the way through the wilderness for 40 years to humble and test you in order to know that what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He's saying, don't forget those 40 years I led you. I took care of you. Tell those stories or don't forget about them. In fact, Psalms 106, David says this. Um, in Psalm 106, 7, it says, When our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your kindness. They rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. It goes on, it says, But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. In the desert, they gave in to their cravings. In the wilderness, they put God to the test, so he gave them to what they asked for. Essentially, he's saying, David is saying, Because the people of Israel forgot what God did for them, they returned to what they did previously. Psalm 78 says they rebelled. They did not remember his power or what he did for them. And when we forget where we've been, we forget what God's done for us, it's really easy to go back. And worse, we get stuck. So because the people of Israel didn't believe God and they they complained, instead of going right into the place he had for them, they had to wander for 40 years until the generation that complained that uh, that, that that was negative died off and the new generation could move in. Like they got stuck just going in circles for 40 years. I think it's one of the worst things you could do is, is repeat 2017 again in 2018. Repeat 2015 again in 2017 and then 2018 and 2019. It's like you're, you're stuck in this circle that just keeps, the pattern keeps going and going and you're not making any progress. And, and the scary, the, the, the tricky part is sometimes we have these great moments where we've succeeded in something and we live off of that one success, but we don't, we're not honest about the other parts of our life, so we... We just think, well, we're doing okay. We're doing good because of that one thing where there's all these other parts that are just not working. And I say, why don't we work on these? Why, don't stay stuck. Don't stay repeating, never learning, but learn to learn from those things and move forward. Uh, because really that was then, this is now. That, that's great. Those, those successes are good. And, and in some cases, those failures, they're, they're bad, but that's, that was then, this is now. What are you going to do with it? You've got to move forward. 
I showed a video of two, two um, track meets in the beginning of the message. Uh, the first one was 1954, Roger Bannister. He accomplished something that everybody said it would be impossible. Like they, they went to the point of saying if somebody did that, they would probably die because it would be too strenuous. He broke the, the, the mile in under four minutes. He ran three minutes and 59 sec, 9.4 seconds. So barely broke the, the, the four-minute mile. Um, what's incredible is in the video, we didn't hear it, but at the, when the announcer says, in Roger Bannister's time of three, he doesn't even finish, three, the crowd erupts and they know he broke the record. What's really interesting is 46 days later, a man by the name of John Landry would go on to break his record with three minutes and 57.9 seconds. So think of this. For years and years, nobody can run under four, mile, four minutes, the mile. And they say it's impossible. Nobody can do it. Nobody can do it. One man does it. 46 days later, another man does it. Well, that year, multiple others begin to, to, to break the four-minute mile. And we, we know the story now that it, it, it multiplies, it compounds. A lot of people have now. And then the second video I showed would be the, that was then, the Roger Bannister. Uh, the most current one, the current record was 1999, held by Hikam al uh, from Morocco. And he ran three minutes, 43 seconds, 43.13 seconds, which is pretty amazing. Uh, to date, there's 10 high school students that have broken the four-minute mile. Um, what, what once was said was impossible for people to do, now hundreds of people have done, um, have done it. And it's been broken. Why? Because they, they're no longer stuck. They're no longer held by that standard. In your life, what are those things that maybe somebody said you'll never be good at? And because they said that, you said, you're right, I can never run a four-minute mile. You're right, I'll never be able to do that. And there's a wall that you keep hitting because at some point you've accepted I can't do it. What if 2018 was the year that you broke through and said, I'm going to go beyond that? Maybe for some, it's debt. You have a lot of debt, and for years you thought, man, this is just the reality I live in. I'll never be able to do anything different. It's the wall that I keep hitting. I'll never be able to get out. What if 2018 was the year that we broke through that and become, the, become debt-free, became more uh, fiscally uh, responsible, become healthy in that area, in our relationships? What are those things? You'll, you'll never be. You'll always be. What if 2018 was the year that you would say, all right, I want to be free from those things. See, I think, I think one of the worst things to, do, to, to, to happen is to be stuck. Uh, in the video, one of the things I love also, if you watch the video, is you have to think about these guys that are winning, all right? It's not just them. There's people around them. There's coaches. Um, in both videos, there's these very important people called pace setters. So the first two or three laps, um, the pace setters are running and keeping the runners on pace so that they don't overrun and, and work too hard so that they burn out. In fact, uh, Roger Bannister, one of the interviews, he was talking about the pace setter. He said, Roger, was so exci- Roger Bannister was so excited for that race that he, when he was running, he said, I was running, but I didn't feel like I was running. It was easy. I was so relaxed. I was moving. He said, it felt like I wasn't running, so I kept telling the guy in front of me, run faster, run faster. And he said, I'm so glad he kept his head and he kept the pace. He knew what I could and couldn't do. And because the, the pace setter kept him on pace for the first few, he was able to break the record. If he would have listened to Roger and ran faster, they both would have burned up, never reached, reached the record and done that. In, in, in the last video, Hickory McGrew, same, same thing. This guy is pace setting. There's actually two of them. They, ran, they set the pace for those. You know, I, I think of our church and my job as a coach or as, as a pace setter in some ways, saying there's more that God has for you. If you'll, just, if you'll just apply, if you'll be disciplined, if you'll wake up early and exercise, you'll train hard. If you'll do these things, you will accomplish all these things God has for you. I think of our church, I think of small group leaders like this, like pace setters, like coaches, who are cheering on others saying, there's more in you than you think. Come on, you can do it. Let 2018 be the year that you begin to step into all that God has for you. 
our church. We want to be that kind of church that says there's, we believe in people. We believe in you. You can do better in your relationships. You can do better in your workplace. You can do better in, in every sphere of your life financially. If you'll just put God, you'll, you'll trust him to lead you in this. You know, it's a, in your life, I hope you have pace setters and coaches and people like that, or teammates that are encouraging you. But maybe not. Maybe in your life you look back to 2017 you realize, man, there are some people in my life that are keeping me stuck. And they, like, they want me to stay stuck. Um, it's like the story I heard about these three guys who got stranded on a desert island. And they're there uh, for, for a long time. And they're, you know, they're starting to get hungry. They're, they're starting to go crazy. And uh, at one point, they finally find this, this little box that has this little lamp in it. And the little genie comes out and says, hey, guys, I'll grant you three, three, three wishes. And the first guy says, man, I, I really miss my family. I want to be home. So he grants them the first wish. Second guy's like, man, that's great. I think, I think I want that too. I want the same thing. So he grants them a wish, send these guys home. The third guy, he's sitting there and he starts looking around. He's like, man, I'm really lonely here. I wish those two guys were back with me. I hope you don't have a friend like that. Misery loves company, right? As you look back to 2017, if you have a friend like that, say, no, no, stay stuck. Like, I like you stuck with me because then we can, like, we can share our misery together. We can stay this and blame everybody else and just stay here. I want that. If you have that kind of friend, I would say you need to look for some new people that could encourage you to say, you know what, you have more in you. Man, that, that was then. This is now. Would you move forward? Would you leave the past and begin to walk into the future? You know, I think one of the worst things in life is being stuck. It's like, have you ever heard the story about the guy that's stuck on an elevator? This is not a joke. I mean, it's really funny and sad at the same time. Uh, but no, seriously, this happened. And uh, so 1999, Roger Bannister, he breaks the world record, or, or uh, Hickory McGrew breaks the world record for running. Three months later, uh, this other man, um, Nicholas White, he breaks his own record of how long he, he's going to live in an elevator. All right? I don't think this guy wanted to set his record for himself, but this is, this is what happened. Um, on a Friday night, about 11 p.m., I think you saw it going on behind me, um, he goes down for a, a cigarette break and, and to smoke, and he gets back on the elevator. And it's one of those express elevators, so it skips all these, these first few floors, like 13 or 14 floors, whatever it is. Um, and so there's nothing but concrete in that little segment of, of the elevator shaft because it goes from 1 to 30 or 40, whatever number he was going to. So he jumps in, and he gets stuck. Um, and as he's there, like anybody else, he'd be, you've already seen one hour, that's two hours. Three hours have gone by. He's just in there trying to figure out. So think of this, 11, he went down at 11 p.m., all right? He got back in his elevator and got stuck. This is a Friday night. Uh, at this point, six hours in, that's Saturday early, early morning, right? Um, so he's trying to sleep, trying to get comfortable, and uh, um, not very comfortable, I'm guessing, in an, <laughs> an elevator. But he's stuck in there, and, uh, and it goes on and on. And what's really sad is it keeps going, 15 hours. You can see all the activity. The maintenance guys are like servicing all the other elevators except his. It's like, that's horrible, right? 21 hours, 22 hours. I don't know what he's doing there. He's got a book or something. Concrete shaft. He can't get up. The, the, the emergency hatch is locked, so he can't get up to the top, which he want to help anyways because I think it's all concrete, uh, just ropes and concrete. He's there for a long time. Here's the saddest thing, is that this guy was stuck in an elevator, and not one single security guard noticed in the monitor that there was a guy trapped in an elevator for almost two days. Still going, 31 hours, 32 hours. So this is a Saturday night, I guess Sunday, mo- Sunday morning. 
So you figure Sunday afternoon, about 4 p.m., finally one of the security guys says, hey, there's somebody sleeping in the elevator over there. And so they call him on the intercom, and he finally figures out it's not God. It's a, it's a security guard. I'm sure, he's pretty mad. And uh, eventually they come and open it. The security guard, they did such a poor job not knowing this that they went to the wrong elevator. <laughs> and like, so they open the door, doors open for this guy, and the, the people aren't even there. That He looks down like, why do you have that elevator? It's, I'm stuck here. Um, but here's the thing. It was five different shifts of security guards that went by, and not a single one of them noticed. Why? Because somebody wasn't measuring the elevators. They weren't, they weren't measuring all the screens. They weren't tracking. They weren't paying attention. In 2006, 17, how many of you lost two or three days of your life because you weren't tracking? Just went through it. You, you might not have been stuck on an elevator, but you were stuck financially, relationally, spiritually. How many of those, was it weeks or months? You just kind of felt like dry. You didn't do anything about it. You just kind of, well, it'll eventually pass. But you just felt, just sat there and didn't do anything. Stuck. And it's one of the worst things that we can do in life is just stay stuck. I'm glad they put a little uh, out of order sign for the next guy. Today, I hope I can do that for you in, in some parts of your life. Would you put an out of order sign in that part of your life that's keeping you stuck? That doesn't work. Get off that, ele- that elevator. Get on to something new. Get on something better. So the question is, what's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference between 2017 and 2016? And what's going to be the difference in 2018? Good news is it's up to you. You get to decide this. You get to choose this. Well, one of the things that, that um, at the end of the year, my, my wife does every year that I love, uh, she, she posts on social media. She calls it Rewind. And so she looks back through the whole year. She looks at pictures. She looks at stories. And, and she just writes about her year. And she documents it. And so every year she can go back and she can read. I think it's a great thing to do, to look back at 2017 and be able to thank those who made a difference in your life, to, to, to look how far you've come. It's important. In fact, I would say this. If, if you have a story, we'd love to hear it. What has God done in your, in your life? What's amazing is when you share your story of what God's done, a lot of times other people hear your story and think, oh, wow, he did that for you. I think he can do it for me too. And if you go to our website, there's, a, there's a, a tab. It's called My Story. Go click it. You can sign there and just write a quick story. There's an email address. If you want to email it better. But I would encourage you this year, if you look back over your year, would you then track and say, all right, this is, this is my story. This is what God has done in my life. I would love to share it. And then at some point, if it's a good story we won't, that we'll be able to share in the message, we'll share it. If it's a personal story you want to just share with one of us and somebody else, then we'll keep it personal. But I would just encourage you, would you share it? Um, would you share it? Because here's the thing, 2018, the question is, are you going to be stuck or are you going to make progress? Are you going to repeat what you did last year or are you going to do something different? One of the things, the takeaways that I have from 2017 is I look back over our series I look at the series that we started off with this series called Fit 17. And we said, what would it look like in 2017 if we got healthy in these different areas? Great, great message. And I did a series in the middle of the year called um, Backwards Plan. And one of the biggest takeaways that I learned is how I've neglected the importance of preparation. I've always known it's important, but I didn't realize how important it was. Um, and then I, I read, I read the, 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 the Hebrew mindset of days. And uh, the, way they, the way they think about days is different than we do as Americans. So their day ends at sundown. So the next day starts as soon as the sun goes down. Um, at, at that point, the next day starts. So Sabbath day for them is a Friday evening. Sun goes down, that's Sabbath. Friday all the way into Sunday and into Saturday when the sun goes down. Um, and so I thought it was really interesting that in, in their mindset, the way God, and I think the way the Bible talks about it, is, is the next day starts, that the day ends as soon as the sun sets. You know, the pastor says, don't, go, don't, let, don't let the sun set in your anger. Essentially saying, don't end the day being angry. Like, man, fix things before the day ends. That's what it's talking about. But 
that you would you would start preparing, you know, as the day starts that night, the sun goes down that night, you start preparing for the next day. See, my life, I've realized that when I prepare the next day, the day, the night before, I'm actually more uh, likely to succeed in all the things I want to accomplish because I put things in place. Uh, my days that I'm supposed to exercise, if I don't put my clothes out and get everything in place, I don't go to exercise. Why? Because then I have to make more noise, noise in the morning to wake up the kids. Um, it's easier just to say, I'll do it next time. But if I prepare and I get everything ready, it's like I, I, I wake up saying, I'm already ready. Might as well go. I took all the excuses away. Let's move forward and let's do it in, in, in our life. In fact, one of the quotes I, I read after I finished the backwards plan, I read a quote about preparation. I loved it. This is my, one of my big things from last year is this. Proper preparation pre- prevents poor performance. You want to have good performance? You have to have proper preparation. It's the neglected step that we have in life of preparing, that we, we move forward. It's, it's getting your things ready Saturday night so Sunday morning you're ready to go to church. It's, it's, it's doing things in place. If you have family and kids, my wife's great at this. She prep, has the kids prepped that night before, so in the morning there's less stress. Why? Because we have good performance in the morning when everything is properly prepared. In our lives, it's, we're setting ourselves up to succeed. I think part of succeeding is saying, all right, what did I learn from last year? Now, how do I begin to prepare and do something for 2018? See, 2017 for me was a year of preparation. 2016 was a year of preparation. 2015, 2014, all the way down until I was born. Every year was a year of preparation for the next year. 2018 is going to be the same thing. I'm learning lessons. I'm getting better, but I'm preparing for something else in the future that God has for me. Because I'm aware that life, that God has good things for our lives, and we want to keep moving in the right direction. So in the areas that I missed and I wasn't as strong, this year I'm saying I want to get stronger in those areas. The, the areas that I was strong, I'm going to say how can I build upon that so I can become better. My hopes and dreams and goals that I have, I want to be able to accomplish those, so I have to keep taking steps towards them. Um, I want to be able to move towards those things. So here's the question here is, is not the question, but um, when we look back to 2017, that was then, really, really was then, like in just a few hours, we move into 2018. 2017, that was then. This is now. What are you going to do with the now? We learn from the past, but we don't get stuck there. What are you going to do with the now? Um, King Dave, uh, David said this in the Psalms, Psalms 103. He says, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. He redeems me from, the, from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. And I'm, I'm rejuvenated in the middle of all this. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He reveals his character to Moses, revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And David in this psalm, what he's saying is, okay, I want, I want, to, I want to create this attitude of, 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 of gratitude. Because remembering what God has done creates gratitude. It leads to gratitude in our lives. And when we remember how far he's come, it reminds us of what we could be thankful for. There's a lot of things. And when we're thankful for those things, we move into the future being thankful. We move into the future recognizing there is good things around us. I think David's psalm is saying, I can't forget all the things God's done because if I do, and he learned the lesson, I get off track. As soon as I forget what God has done, as soon as I forget where I am, where I've come from, it's easy to get off track. In 2018, don't get off track. Stay the course. And one of the things is, don't forget. In fact, he brings in Moses and the people of Israel into, the, into that song. Why? Because he's saying, I'm going to look way back and remember all, how far God has brought my family. I'm going to look way back and see all the lessons we've learned. And the times when anybody was not honest about the past, 
they always got stuck repeating it. Just read the Bible. If you get in Genesis, a whole quarter of the book of Genesis is a story about one man named Joseph. And his story of how his, his brothers and sisters uh, pretend to kill him and then faked a funeral for his family and, and kept his lie under. Well, it wasn't just their lie. Their, their father and grandfather also told lies and just passed on. And because they weren't honest about those things, it wasn't broken until Joseph dealt with the truth and said, I'm going to move forward into the future with health. When we forget and we focus on the wrong things, we get off track. So here's the thing. If you don't measure, if you don't measure it, you can't improve it. If you didn't measure in 2017, I would say 2018, make sure you measure. Figure it out. Some things that I would encourage you to do is um, uh, start a one-year Bible plan. You know, tomorrow is January 1st. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start today. Jan- December 31st. If you don't have a, a one-year Bible, um, you could buy one or you could just download the app on your phone. Uh, you can go online and, and if you don't have a, a phone, a computer. And, you, and every day it will give you a, a, an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, a psalm and a proverb. Uh, it's very, very easy. Um, on my phone, one of the great things I do is I have a one-year Bible. If I can't read it and I'm driving the kids after, after I drive them to school, I'll put my one-year and I'll listen to it. Um, sometimes I'll do both. And uh, it, it, it takes just a few minutes. It's not very long, but just, a, just an app. It's called Bible App and um, Version Bible. And you can go pick the plan. It's called the one-year Bible reading. And every day it will give you that, and then it tracks your – if you go look at mine, you can see how much days I missed, how many days I actually tracked with it and did it. Um, and, and But start a plan like that. Next week, we're going to start, every year we do this, next week we're going to start 21 days of prayer and fasting. One of the greatest things you can do to start your year off is saying, God, I want to put you first. We'll talk about it the next week, but on the 7th, we're going to start. Here's the thing, if you want to, and, and you've got our website, there's some resources there that will help you uh, learn more about fasting. If you've never, maybe you've ever done fasting before, it's a spiritual discipline. Jesus says when you pray, uh, when you give, when you fast. Like he's, he's saying these are some disciplines that all believers should have. There's these things... And when you start a year off by fasting, it's denying yourself, most of the time, food, but it could be social media. It could be other, other influences in your life. You just deny yourself those things for an extended period of time to be able to break that hold in your life. Like you're saying, I desire God more than a hamburger. I desire God more than candy. I desire God more than whatever that thing is. And you give it up for a while. You, you, you fast from it. You stop, you stop consuming it or eating it. And, you, and, you, and in that time, you say, God, in the middle of this, I want to start my year off by inviting you in. It's an incredible discipline. And we, every year we do this, 21 days. I would encourage you. Um, you don't have to fast, not eat for 21 days. You can do Daniel's fast. You can do a social media fast for a week or whatever. I would just say in that 21 days, pick things that you can take a break from. One of those, one of those times I'll have a break from social media. I will not engage in social media for those times and say, God, I want to focus more on you than what everybody else is doing. I want to just, and instead of going to social media, I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to lead the way. So I would encourage you as we start this new year, prepare for those things. Like if you're, if you're, maybe you drink coffee a lot and coffee would be a good thing to break from, caffeine. Well, don't start that day. You have to start preparing for it because if you just stop, you'll get headaches and then it's horrible. And the point of fasting is not to suffer. The point of fasting is to be aware of the things that control and the things that, that you desire in your life. It's saying, I want to break those things that, that my flesh, that my body wants so bad, like candy. And, and, and in place of that, I'm going to say, God, I want you more than those things. And it's amazing what God does in those moments. So that starts next week for 21 days. I would encourage you, we'll end it with a, a gathering time together as a church to pray the last day. Um, I'll talk more about that next week, though, as we, as we start the year um, um, on the 7th. Here's my challenge for today. My challenge is this. Uh, would you look backwards? And celebrate those things that need to be celebrated. Celebrate those people that need to be celebrated. And then change those things that need to be changed. And start moving forward.
I would say this. This would be the challenge. Just say yes to God moving forward. That was then. This is now. God, 2018 is coming. I'm going to say yes to you. I mean, so if, if you're not a, a Christian or Christ follower in this room, and, and maybe there's a point where you're saying, okay, this is good, but that doesn't really apply to me. Well, if what you're doing is not working, why not try something different? I mean, the, the worst case scenario, you try this for two months, three months, a year. If it doesn't work, then you go back to what wasn't working. But when I know this, when people say, God, I want to put you first, I want you to lead, it always works. In every area of your life, when you put God first, he makes it work. Not instantly. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes it, it, it takes that, that, that learning curve. It takes, it takes us to get into the, to the rhythm and the habit and it's building upon. It's not a quick fix where everything is solved overnight. It's, but it's a process that God says, would you do this? And I would, I would challenge you, 2018, would you just say yes? If you haven't joined a small group, say yes to a small group. Let, let, be engaged. If you've never gone to go, growth track this year, go to growth track. Get plugged in. Get involved. Be a part of what, what, what's happening. Just say yes, God, I want to be involved in this. Go on a missions trip. Um, send your kids to summer camp. All the things that we do during the year, just say yes, I want to be involved. Maybe say yes to church more than you did last year. Make it a habit. Make it a consistent thing where you're saying, God, I put you first in the beginning of my week. First day of my week, I start off with you. Let others help you set the pace. Don't do life. Don't do life alone. In 2018, would you say, that was then, this is now. God, help me to have the year that you want me to have. And start on the right path. In fact, 2 Corinthians says it like this. I love it. Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. God says when you come to him and you, you ask for forgiveness, when you come to him and invite him to lead, it's like he gives you this new start. We have a new start happening in 2018. What if you made that new year a new start of your life saying, God, would you come into my life and lead the way? That's what being a Christ follower is. A Christian just means you're following Christ's lead. You're his disciple. You're trying to become like him. You want to, you want to know what he has for your life. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. Say, God, I want to follow you. Well, part of that is saying, God, I'm going to leave the past. I'm going to leave the land of slavery. I'm no longer going to go back there. I'm going to continue on in the land of freedom. If you're here today, I would love to invite you to make that decision today. Say, God, I want you to come into my life. Would you do me a favor? Close your eyes and bow your heads today. As we close service off, if that's you today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, just in your seat. I won't call you to the front, but if, just in a prayer to say, God, I invite you to lead my life. God, forgive me of my past. Help me to walk into the future, a new, new person. And if that's you today, just in a minute, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and uh, let me lead you in this prayer saying, God, I want a new start, a fresh start. A new beginning. No longer stuck. No longer held captive. If that's you at this moment, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I want a fresh start, a new start, a new beginning. Awesome. I see your hands. I see your hands. Anybody else? It's me. If you, if you raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? From your heart, say, God, I need your help. I leave the past behind. Forgive me for my wrongs. I invite you into my life today. I believe you sent Jesus to die on that cross in my place. And I believe he's, he's alive today wanting to help me. So I invite you to help me. Lead me. Be my God. Be my leader. Help me have a new start. I'm going to have the best year of my life. 
as I say yes to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.